Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. I'd like to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. My name is Kevin Perridge, and I'll be your host. Today, we'll be discussing the important tips of recruiting and retaining volunteers in your church and ministry. We have with us today Ed Standage. He is a member at First Baptist Kingsport and is involved in Campers on Missions. Ed, thank you for being with us today. Well, thanks very much, Kevin, for giving me this opportunity to share about an organization like Campers on Mission. Well, share a little bit with us about your background. I began life in the Hoosier country in Indiana. I became a Christian at uh, FVC First Baptist Kingsport in about 1952 when I was 10 years old. And actually, I've been a member of First Baptist almost all my life, except for a few years while I was in college. I moved my membership. I'm married. Um, I have a son that's 55, two granddaughters, three great-granddaughters. I'm a mechanical engineer. Hmm. Went to a little school down in Georgia that most people in Tennessee don't like to hear about. And I've worked for Tennessee Eastman for 32 years. And then I retired when I was 55 years old and decided I was going to see the world. Well, tell me a little bit about what you were going to do. You, were going, you had uh, already had travel plans and had planned out everything? or? Well, no, I'm not that good a planner. <laughs> I had traveled a good bit as part of my vocation outside the country primarily. And so when I retired, uh, we had already purchased a motorhome just shortly before I retired. And we thought that, you know, we would primarily travel within the U.S. in the North American area. And so the first few years, that's pretty much what we did. But quite honestly, after you've traveled a while, you feel like, you know, this is fine. You're enjoying it. You're enjoying the scenery. You're enjoying meeting a few new people. But you feel like there's something that you need to be doing other than just entertaining yourself. And so then we began, you know, looking at things that we could do uh, and actually participated in things like Habitat for humanity and some mm-hmm. things like that that uh, we could do uh, mostly along a construction uh, or maintenance sort of right. perspective. Now, before you retired, you were actively involved in your church. You were volunteering in lots of those things during that time? Yes. Uh, Judy and I were both pretty active uh, in our church and still are to some degree as far as we can be when we're gone from home about half the time now. But, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Uh, Judy has sung in the choir, and I tried the choir for a while, but they kicked me out. (laughs) Worked on a number of different committees in the church through the years. Taught Sunday school uh, primarily with teenagers. Uh, Worked with RAs through a number of years. So a lot of different aspects of our church work we've been involved in. Yeah. So what uh, you said you uh, tried several different volunteer organizations after you retired, after you did a little traveling. And you came across one that evidently you decided that you fit in well, which is Campers on Missions. We did. And it's interesting. Uh, I forget now, honestly, who mentioned Campers on Mission to us. But we were planning to be traveling for a month or two up in the New York area uh, during the summer. 
And so I looked on the Campers on Mission website, and I found that there was a church building project in Watertown, New York. So we contacted the contact person and found out uh, what their needs were, what tools needed, what skills they needed. And long story short, we went to Watertown and worked for several weeks Hmm. with that group. And then we left and did some touring around. So kind of a combination of having fun and, and working. Right. So tell me a little bit about Campers on Mission, because I know a lot of our uh, listeners may have never heard of it. Campers on Missions was started uh, quite a number of years ago, and uh, there's really only one requirement. You have to be part of an evangelical Christian church, because as part of the application process, the application goes to the pastor of your church, Mm -hmm. and you have to be what's called on the application a member in good standing. So you have to be something that the pastor is willing to say, this is a person that would work well with your group. And, of course, most of the people in campers on mission are interested in camping. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, not everyone, however, has a camper. We have some people that uh, go places like uh, here. Occasionally they stay in the lodge rather than staying in the campground. Mm -hmm. So, But uh, most of the people in the organization have campers and they drive them wherever, you know, the work project is. And they like the being together with other people in a campsite setting in the evenings, and uh, they enjoy working with each other during the daytime. Yeah. So on your trips, it can mostly consist of of uh, physical labor, right? And it's not just uh, uh, one spouse that works, right? It's no. usually both. It is, yes. Uh, we have a few through the years. We've had a few singles, but for the most part, it's couples and uh there's plenty of work. Uh, the wives get in quite involved sometimes in sewing. Uh, they get involved in um, painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get involved in some of the layout. And some of the women are quite good with tools. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just whatever their skills are, we try to avoid putting people outside their comfort level as far as what they're doing. But also most of our members recognize and are willing to learn new skills. Mm-hmm. And so they recognize that that is, you know, something that they'd like to do. So. Right. So a typical project would be like, uh, would it be a church or a camp or what, what, what are some other type of projects that a volunteer would go to? Great question. And I would say all of the above. Yeah. Uh, there's church planting, actually. It has nothing to do with construction at all. Hmm. There's helping with Bible schools. Some small churches don't have the, enough people to conduct Bible schools, and so you can go and help with that. Uh, there are people uh, that go and work with uh, on the Indian reservations with some of their recovery needs and so forth because they have quite a drug and alcohol problem on some of the Indian reservations. Uh, most of the work uh, that we do here in Tennessee that I've observed at least in the time I've been involved, which is about 10 years, uh, is construction and maintenance related mm-hmm. at children's homes, at the Baptist camps, uh, and occasionally churches. We've participated in some church buildings in Crossville, Tennessee, for example. And we actually do work, uh, Judy and I, we mentioned Watertown, but Judy and I have worked in a number of other places. We've worked at Ridgecrest. Uh, we've worked in Cameron, Louisiana, and recovered from a hurricane. So, you know, we've worked in a number of uh, different uh, areas of the country, not just in Tennessee. 
So let's talk a little bit more. And, and I appreciate you sharing a little bit about uh, your background, volunteering and campers on missions. And of course, all that relates to our topic of of just volunteers within a church and the difficulties that come with that of as a minister trying to recruit, trying to retain, uh, trying just to understand what the needs of volunteers because our our churches rely on our members. And, and of course, Scripture gives us, all of us, uh, very strict details that, that we're all gifted and those gifts are to edify the church, but we're all not involved. And there's lots of reasons uh, why we're not. And so that's one of those things I kind of want us to discuss a little bit. So what does it take to recruit volunteers? I'm not sure I have good answers for that. Yeah. <laughs> I think realistically, most church pastors are primarily concerned about filling the needs of their own church, particularly small churches. And I don't know if you how big a church that you're involved with. Most of my experience has been with First Baptist Kingsport, which is a fairly large church. Mm-hmm. So we have... It's not that hard for us to get volunteers to do things as it is in, in smaller churches. I have had some experience in smaller churches. I, I guess there's several things, I think, that are at play in trying to get volunteers uh, that create obstacles. One is uh, many people are working now until they're older. Mm-hmm. I retired at 55. There's not very many people that are retiring now at age 55. Right. Uh, most of them are working till 65 or even later. So once they finally retire at 65 or 66 or 67, you know, they're interested in beginning to do, as I was in the beginning, go out there and travel and do my own thing, you know, and, and have fun. Right. By the time they reach the point that they're through having fun and start thinking about volunteering, uh, they're, they're beginning to have age and health issues sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the obstacles that we're experiencing in Campers on Missions in, in reaching out to people. And we, we need to do uh, a better job, each one of us individually, that are part of the organization in trying to recruit mm-hmm. through our churches and through their associations and so forth right. than what we have been doing up to this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in a local church, I, you know, I hear things that some members will say, well, you know, I, I'd like to volunteer, but I don't know where to be plugged in. I've not been asked. There's another number of reasons why they haven't uh, uh, volunteered to do something and be involved. Is there a way to, to to help alleviate that, to make it a little easier for volunteers to be involved? Well, certainly now so many people are using social media and looking at things on the internet. If you look at the Tennessee Campers on Mission website, that's tncom.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find mission projects throughout the state of Tennessee. And if you look at the National Campers on Mission, that's campersonmission.net, you can find projects all over the country. So if you want to do like we started in finding that project up in Watertown, New York, Mm -hmm. you can go on the national website and find those projects, and there's always a contact person's name you can reach out to. Mission fairs is a way that uh, many churches try to if they have a mission fair in an area, and we did one just uh, up the road here uh, a couple of years ago in a small church during the summer, and they had a mission fair, and we set up a booth in order to try to reach people. I'm not aware that we got any new members that way, but as you know, you just have to keep putting yourself out there and trying to reach out 
and God will take care of the rest of it. Right. And I guess a church could, that would be a good idea to have a church do their own mission fair of their different ministries that mm -hmm. are available within their own church and their community that they can get plugged into. Ab absolutely. Yeah. Our church did that at First Baptist Kingsport about five years ago, and we had good participation. What uh, were some mistakes that ministers run into that, that really discourages people from volunteering? I don't know that I have a good answer for that. I, one of the problems that we run into with Campers on Mission, we like to have a camp facility fairly close to where we're working. Mm -hmm. And one of the obstacles that we have, not so much in recruiting, which is what I think your question was, mm -hmm. but one of the questions we, one of the problems we have uh, is if we don't have a fairly decent camping facility, like you have an excellent one here that I believe Campers on Mission worked they with did. They the, built it, yes. the group here to mm -hmm. actually build that 15 years ago or whatever. Up in Kingsport, just as an example, uh, we've not done very much work up there because there's really no camping facilities unless people pay for their own uh, camping facility. So one of the, I guess you could say, one of the obstacles we face is not having a some type of a camp facility where we can set up and, and as a group. Many churches that are doing a major project, and uh, I keep referring back to Watertown, but the same down in Louisiana and other places we work, they actually set up temporary campgrounds. Sometimes the sewer is above ground, uh, you know, the piping is above ground, and the water is above ground, but that works okay as long as it's not going to freeze and so forth. And then when they get the facility built, they just take all that out, and they don't have a, a lot of uh, equipment involved in doing that. So if you have a group of volunteers that come in, they, they may be working uh, a VBS, a uh, volunteer within your church, or just someone a group from Light Campers on Mission to come in to help. And so uh, the leadership uh, may not uh, be appreciative of them or go out of their way to even spend time or make sure they got materials, things like that. Does that impact uh, how they feel about their their involvement in that that setting? I'm, I'm sure it does. And one of the things that we always try to do is have a person at the local organization that is our contact person, mm -hmm. a person we know we can go to and say, we need this, we need that, we need to improve upon this, we need better communications. Uh, we always try to have a go-to person in the, in the uh, organization we're working for. Right. So it's pretty critical, say, for for example, the first one, that volunteers feel appreciated. I mean, their their motive is they're serving because they're serving the Lord. But there's a certain element that, that they need to feel like they're needed, right? Absolutely. I think all of us like a pat on the back. Yeah. And there's, way of, you know, one of the ways you all show that to us here is you feed us really good. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you all, maybe that's kind of a small thing. You have a good setup for feeding people but right. it takes effort on your part to organize that and, and we appreciate that yeah we realize you appreciate us because you go to the effort to do that yeah patent on the back goes a long ways uh just shows some sort of show of appreciation it makes a big difference because they, mm -hmm. they feel like they're connected they're bought into the uh their their circumstance the uh whatever the project might be if it is within a local church uh, whether it's uh, volunteering to teach Sunday school class or youth or a youth trip and are consistent at that and just to let them know that they're important. It goes a long ways. 
So what does it take? And I think that kind of explains a little bit that we talked about mistakes, but what does it take to keep those, to have someone continue to come back to the same project or come back to, uh, for example, if you're having, if your church is having a youth event uh, that you know your youth leaders are going to continue to come, how can you keep them there? How can you keep them uh, consistent in coming? I guess in my experience, uh, one of the things that churches struggle with is they'll quite often have people in a job, let's just say our RA director, you know, or RA leader, and they won't really have a backup person mm-hmm. or a trainee, if you will. Some, and so when that person that has been that RA leader for five years decides it's time for them to move on to another job, there's not an experienced person to step into that role. So I think one thing that commercial organizations do a pretty good job of usually that maybe church organizations don't do as good a job is training people to bring them along to fill roles. And I think we have that problem with our campers on mission because we're we're looking for volunteers Mm -hmm. for, and so we have to sort of take the people that we have there and try to fit the skills with the jobs that that we have to do, and sometimes we just don't always have the skills that we need right. to do a particular job, and so we just have to say, "Hey, that's not something we can do, right. you know, for you. you. You'll just have to get another group, or you'll have to get you know, some commercial organization to do that for you." Right. Now, do you ever have an opportunity to connect with someone, either at your project or at your church, that it turns into more of a mentoring relationship? Does that ever happen while volunteering? Yes, uh, we've definitely had uh, a number of what I would call mentors in our uh, group. People, uh, I've been pretty much involved in maintenance and construction, mm-hmm. and I've had, even though I've had experience in doing some of that just for myself through the years and working with Habitat, uh, I find that we always have one or two people who have a great deal more experience, like. Uh, the roofing work we were doing while we were here. We had a guy here who's a professional roofer who was working with us and was able to mentor the rest of us. And and that's very important because next time now that we have a roofing project, there's a few of us that'll have a little more knowledge about roofing, even if we don't have a professional there. Yeah. And and those who, I don't think they realize it or even think about it, uh, that those who are volunteers, especially those who have already retired, that they have lived a life with so much wisdom and knowledge that they, uh, I guess they don't really think about, that they can share with so many people that that makes a huge impact on, on people's lives mm-hmm. that they can come in contact with. And so I hope that this is a can be an opportunity that people can see it that way is that they can be able to share their experiences, the wisdom that they have, especially spiritually leading other people that are younger that they come in contact with within the local church or outside the, that church to, to make a positive impact for them eternally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gives me an opportunity to tell you that our motto is share Christ as we go with yes. Campers on Mission. Well, Ed, thank you for being with us today and sharing with us to help us to better understand volunteers and the importance of encouraging them in their service to local church. Also, thank you for listening today to our podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Ed or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, 
I hope that you will look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.